Welcome to episode 37 of the Painting Experience podcast. Listen as founder Stuart Cubley explores the potential of the emerging field of process arts and shares inspiration from his ongoing workshops and retreats. In this opening talk from last month's painting workshop at the Omega Institute, Stuart discusses one of the core beliefs of the painting experience. You already have everything you need to be creative. So, uh, you probably get a sense that this is an experiential workshop. It's not about theory, it's about activity. And pretty soon you're going to be painting. We're not going to educate you. We're going to turn you loose. Because there's a core belief behind this work, which is that you have everything that you need. You don't have to learn technique. You don't have to learn anything special about materials. You don't have to learn how to do certain things in order to be creative. You don't have to put anything between you and your creativity. That's pretty important because if you come here thinking, oh, they're going to teach me some cool art technique, and I'm really going to learn how to do certain things, you might be in for a little rude awakening because we're going to trust that you already know what to do. Our interactions with you are going to be supporting that. That everyone in this room has a very unique way of using art materials, of painting, of creating. And you can't compare them. They're so different. They're so unique for each person. They're so quirky. Everyone has their own quirky way of making paintings. And who's to say that one is better than another? How could you ever say that? You come here because you have a sense of a potential. You wouldn't come to this workshop. I assume that's true for everybody. You wouldn't come here unless you sense there was some potential in you that would come through this experience. And generally with art, when you think about the whole tradition of art, that potential is projected upon the finished product. Like, maybe I actually have a hidden talent that I've never suspected and that I'm going to discover it in this workshop. And my, my paintings are going to be so incredible that I'm going to become recognized. And... Not only am I going to become recognized, I'm going to become valued. And then the zeros are going to start adding on to the end of the value. And I'm going to find, yeah, I have a potential. Yeah. <laughs> but we have actually, we have a sense that there's a bigger potential than that. And a more important potential. And it's not going to be in the value of your painting. It's not going to be because the product that you create is going to be special, more special than other people. It's not going to be the result of your activity. It's going to be the activity itself. This is where the potential, in our view, really lies, which is in the act of creating, which is really accessing the deepest part of yourself. When you think about what creativity is, it's you connecting with your own source, with that unknown that you can't predict, you can't expect, and yet it comes out of you. It creates. There's a creative force in all of us. Our focus here is on that potential, is going to be with each of you 
creating a safe space, first of all, where there's not going to be comparison, there's not going to be evaluation, there's not going to be show and tell. We're not going to be looking at each other's paintings and saying what we like and what we don't like. And out of that safe space, creating an environment where you can afford to be more internal and to access this creative source within yourself. And that's a big deal. It's a challenge for everybody because you don't know how to do it. There's no roadmap for that. We create a space for it to happen. But then it's not just going to be something prescribed where you say, okay, they tell me to do this, then next I do this, and then tell me to do this, and I do this. It doesn't work like that. It's something much wilder, much more original, more authentic, more interesting. So we're going to put you in front of the piece of paper really quickly here and say, go. And we're not going to have a theme. We're not going to have a model. We're not going to do a guided imagery to begin with. We're not going to give you any idea of how to begin. Is that okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens then? Here you are facing that white piece of paper. And the instructors haven't given you any idea of what to do. We're going to show you how to use the brushes at least. The protocol in the room, how to use the tables and how, the, you know, how it's all going to work. But then once you're ready to go, there's this white piece of paper in front of you. And it's like, now what? And since it's not about trying to produce something, it's not like you're trying to recreate something that you're looking at. It's going to come from inside of you. How are you with that? That's a really interesting question. How comfortable are you with not knowing? <laughs> it's our natural state, isn't it? We really don't know what's going on, ultimately. We don't know what's going on. I think it really well. Well, good luck with that here. <laughs> so that's a good question to begin with. How comfortable are you with not knowing? because you're going to be facing it pretty quickly. And I just want to say there's different ways you can hold that. One can be as a kind of fear base, like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. And one is a sense of spaciousness, like, wow, I can do anything. Nobody's telling me what to do here. I don't have to be a good student even because there's no assignment. There's a lot of room for me to play. I can afford to experiment. I can afford to try things. And so that's a very different way of holding not knowing. It's a sense of the potential then rather than limitation. So then there you are standing in front of your painting and willing to not know. And then, of course, we ask you not to wait too long. You've got to get started, right? I mean, even though you don't know what to do, we're going to say get moving, <laughs> right? The second challenge is that in your not knowing, things are going to show up. Do you trust them? Do you trust what shows up? Or do you start arguing with it? Why you shouldn't, why you shouldn't, what it means. But just because it shows up, do you trust it? It has a lot to do with following your intuition. And how does your intuition show up? It shows up pretty literally. It shows up with a color. It shows up with maybe a placement on the painting. An image might come to you. You see something in your mind's eye. That's the next challenge to you is do you trust what shows up and dare do it, 
go to the painting and say, okay, I don't know where I'm going, but it gave me this color and, and it gave me this kind of shape. Or maybe you don't even know what shape it's giving you. You've only got the color, but having the courage to go to the painting and move with it. I can't tell you how powerful this is. You are coming from a part of yourself that is totally different than our planning mode and our thinking mode and our controlling mode and our achievement-oriented mode. You're accessing an intuitive depth in yourself. It may look like nothing. It may not look impressive. It doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't matter. What matters is the action itself, is the courage to take the leap. Somebody often shows up at that point. Do you know who that is? The critic. We didn't invite them here, actually, but they often crash the party, and they act like they know what's going on, like they have some sort of authority. They often show up at those times when you've dared to take a risk. So actually, it's kind of good news that they show up. We often think of them as blockages and obstacles, and we've got to get over our inner critic. And I think that you'll find that the inner critic shows up because you've dared to act out of courage. You've dared to take a leap. And it's kind of an indication that you're on the right road. Rather than believing their story that you shouldn't do this, this is wrong, and you better fix it, and maybe you better start that painting over again, and maybe you shouldn't even have signed up for this workshop. <laughs> and so to recognize that, hey, this is good news. This critic showed up because I've dared to take a risk. That gives you a little bit of momentum, and you say, oh, I could take another risk. I could actually use this energy. And then something interesting happens. You find yourself being energized by these risks that you take. There's a kind of energy. There's a quality of energy that grows through doing this. You can call it inspiration or the creative muse or whatever. But there's a feeling that you have that starts to be your guide. And you'll notice it gets very precise. And it'll say this color, but not this color. And your mind will come screaming in and saying, but you've already used this color. You should be more original. What's the matter with me? But you notice I really want to use more of that color. And then you're doing a certain kind of stroke and the stroke feels really good. The gesture feels good. And you find yourself doing it for a while. And then the voice again shows up and saying, you're not being original. Look, you're repeating yourself. You're just doing that same thing over and over and over again. Come on, get on with it, be more creative. But you'll notice that there's something in the movement of the brush that just wants to keep doing it. What do you trust? Are you trusting this frightened voice that's coming in because you're acting outside of its control? Or do you trust that feeling? It's actually a visceral feeling. It's an emotional feeling. It's a deep source saying, yes, do more of this, do more of this. So our job as facilitators is actually to support that part of you, right? Because all these voices are going to come up and try to confuse you. You know, we essentially only say one thing to you. We have a lot of different ways of saying it, but we only say, what's the real feeling? We're not going to give you instruction, of course. We're not going to do anything for you, but we can meet you where you are. Our 
work, essentially, is to join you in the experience. So you don't feel like we're some authority coming in and telling you what to do and what's right and how to get on with it. But it's more like, what's going on? What are you actually feeling? Often, out of that conversation, there'll be, oh, I know what to do next. And it comes from you. It doesn't come from us. It's essentially supporting you in the fact that you already have within you that direction. You know where to go. So then you've been painting along for a while, and it's had all these different phases. And then you think, gee, how many paintings should I do in one day? Hmm. How many paintings do I want to take home at the end of the week? Would it be good to have a lot of paintings? Do you think if I had the most paintings, then I'd be the most successful? So there's a whole question of completion. How do you know when you're finished? What is completion really about? And this is really an important part of this work, by the way. And we ask you to talk to us before you take your painting off the wall. When you feel like you're finished, get our attention. And we have a completion conversation with you. And again, this is not some know-it-all authority coming in and telling you when you're done or not done, but it's more engaging you in that question. That feeling of being complete, how do you know that? Where does that come from? Are you trying to get away from the painting? Are you not liking this one and thinking the next one will be better? And if that's the case, you're probably not done, right? It's not a complete place in yourself. You're running away with your tail between your legs. Or sometimes we're overly attached to the painting. We actually think, oh my God, I've done a masterpiece here. If I touch this again, I'm going to ruin it. It might even be worth something. I mean, I better get it off the wall. If, if that's the case, you're probably not done. So you can see what completion really is then. It's a state of being. It's an internal reality where there's no grasping and there's no pushing away. It's a completeness in yourself. That's why this is such an internal process. You can actually see how it's a type of meditation. So there's a real completion in a painting. And some people think, oh my God, I could go on forever. I mean, are they trying to save materials for you or what here? You know, it's like, how long do you want me to go on with this? But it's not about the amount of paint on the paper. And it's not about whether there's white space left. There's no rules about completion, but it's an internal place. And this is something that will hopefully become really more evident to you as the week goes on. It gets more clear as you go through a number of completions. So... There is potential in each person to access this part of themselves. And it's going to be different for each person here. What you're going to be met with is going to be somehow perfect for you, right? Because it's coming out of you. We paint in silence for this reason. You can imagine that if there's a lot of talk going on in the room, so we ask you not to distract your neighbor with casual talk about what was in the news this morning or whatever. We paint in silence, and it's respectful in that way. And we also ask everyone not to make comments on each other's paintings. Do you get a sense why, given the context that I've been talking about? Because you don't know what you're doing, right? We're encouraging you not to know what you're doing. 
We're encouraging it to not jump on the bandwagon of the inner critic, of the person who wants to define the painting and make a statement about it. The last thing you need is for your neighbor to do it. For somebody to come up and say something about your painting, it's completely off the wall and inappropriate because it influences us. When somebody says something about what we're doing, it's amazing how it affects that person. It affects both people, by the way, but it affects especially the person who painted the painting because then they become self-conscious about it. You know, when you're painting in this way, you lose self-consciousness. There's a way in which you go into a field where things are happening where the, the me is not so present. I like it, I don't like it, what do they think, what, what will my husband think, I, you know, whatever. That part of you goes into the background and there's a bigger space, there's more freedom. And if somebody comes up and makes a comment about your painting, it brings you back into self-consciousness, what they're thinking about, what you're doing, and it closes the door, it makes the space smaller. So we really ask you not to do that. It's challenging. You're going to want to do it. You're going to be impressed by certain things here, and you're going to want to walk up to that person and say, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but it inevitably happens. And if it does happen, we can learn from it. You might even have a conversation about that when it happens. It's part of creating the safe space here. As the time goes on, you're going to be, how should I say, more vulnerable. You're going to dare to open more. Sometimes there's fears about doing certain things here. Like sometimes even using certain colors. People feel like, oh my God, what if I use those colors? What would people think of me? They might think I'm crazy or depressed or whatever. It's also true of certain images. If you dare to paint certain images, the people might think something about you. And so there's a vulnerability because you might be called to paint them. What if you made a really ugly painting? I mean, what if it was really stupid? What if you did that? Would you have the courage to do that or would you worried about, uh-oh, what are people going to think? There's a vulnerability here, and I think it's important to respect that as we're together in the group, to really hold that. It's a tender place. It's a realization that everyone is facing that big unknown in themselves, and that's a challenging thing to do, and it needs to be held with a quality of care, like we care for that. And then there's the big question of, who's waiting at home to see your paintings? <laughs> Anybody waiting? Who's waiting at home? Your, your daughter? Your dog. That's a good person waiting at home. <laughs> Yeah, that's a safe person to have waiting at home. But if you have somebody who knows that you're in a creative painting workshop this week and they can't wait to see your work, be careful. Be careful about that for yourself. It can really put the chains on because you're going to start thinking about how they would think about what you're painting. And you need to give yourself, if you really want to take advantage of this time we have together and this space, you want to give yourself the freedom to not worry about that. So you might make an agreement with yourself that you don't have to show these. You don't have to show them to anybody. You could even say, well, it was kind of like a, it turned out to be a, a visual journal workshop. And you wouldn't want to read my journal, would you? 
<laughs> you wouldn't expect to read my journal. So it's kind of like that. So it's, it's not so easy, actually, to do this with somebody who's expecting to see your painting. Or you can share them, and you can share them from the point of view of the process that we're going to be talking about this week and from your own experience. And that can be helpful, too. But I just want to say be aware of it because you don't want to find yourself being inhibited because of that during the week. You don't want to give that too much weight. There's about a third of this group of people who have painted with us before, have done this before. And don't worry, they're not experts, you know. But it didn't work? It didn't work for them. No, it did work. By the way, most of our discussions are going to be more dialogue. I just needed to present the material this morning. But I really value the experiences that you're having and what you want to bring into the circle. That's what makes our time in the morning interesting and exciting. Like, what's going on? What's coming up? So feel free to bring anything into the circle, and we will then work with it, and we'll discuss it. And it's really fun to do that. Okay. You can learn more about the painting experience and find a list of upcoming process painting workshops by visiting our website at www.processarts.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. The theme music for this podcast comes from Stefan Jacob. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join us again soon.